Hey guys, it's Jacob from My Biohack, and today I want to talk to you about a growing problem, an accumulating problem over the past hundred or so years of bioaccumulation. Now, what does bioaccumulation mean? It's biotoxin accumulation. Putting those together, you get bioaccumulation. That's essentially how toxins that are toxic to our body accumulate in our body over time. How much you put in and how much your body can take out. But some things have longer half-lives and can stay in your body and tissue for longer, whether they're water-soluble or fat-soluble. So in today's video, we're gonna talk about bioaccumulation, what diseases its effects, and what you can do to prevent or counteract some of the problems. So let's get started. Biotoxin accumulation is the basic concept that foreign and exogenous substances build up in the body. This buildup can happen at any time in a person's life, from being in the womb to throughout life, or even transgenerational. Recent studies, for example, by the CDC, have shown that American adults and children have accumulation of biotoxins in their body. So what are some examples of things that can accumulate in the body? I was just saying biotoxins, but that's such a general word. So I'm gonna give you some more specifics, and this is not an exclusive list. This is a general guide. Let's start with air pollution, carbon monoxide, nitrogen dioxide, ozone, particle matter, smoking, secondhand smoke, Bad air quality has been linked to dementia, while good air quality has been linked to improved cognition. Some of the downsides of bad air quality have been proven to be worse in those who have a polymorphism in the APOE gene. Another place we can find toxins are water pollution. To go over two briefly, you've got PFOA and PFOS, which are used in firefighting foams, like treatments of clothes, carpets, and leather products. These affect the thyroid system. They affect calcium homeostasis, synaptic plasticity, and cell division. Another category we have are flame retardants. Some flame retardants, they can cause destruction of motor functions. They can destroy dopaminergic neurons in the brain. They can easily cross through the blood-brain barrier and then we have metals and you can have too much of a good metal like zinc or non-metals of selenium you also want to stay away of course from too much of high copper levels mercury which we know is damaging lead which is clearly damaging you can decrease iq arsenic can decrease iq manganese cadmium tin aluminum and another category i'll just generalize i like to call the asides which are pesticides insecticides fungicides herbicides. Those can drive up reactive oxygen species in the brain and drive down dopaminergic function. Some of them have been shown to cause Parkinson's disease symptoms like rotenun, which we actually use in animal studies to induce Parkinson's disease. And then we have another category, which are pharmaceuticals, anything from benzodiazepines, to opioids, to anesthetic agents. And then you have the broad category of plasticizers and estrogenics, like BPA, PCBs, phthalates. They work on estrogen receptors. They can also affect calcium homeostasis in the body. Another category are solvents. And then we also have organic toxins. And I don't mean organic like organic pesticides. I'm talking about algal and marine toxins, such as BMAA. We know that can induce Parkinson's disease-like symptoms. You got autotoxins, you got bacterial toxins and endotoxins like lipopolysaccharide, fungal toxins like terpenoids. We, we know mycotoxins can decrease the stability of the blood-brain barrier. And then we also have viral toxins like Epstein-Barr virus. If you didn't think that list was big enough, that's a non-exclusive list, which means there's so much more out there. I couldn't fit it all into this video for the 
sake of time. And now I want to talk about diseases that are involved with bioaccumulation. Now, this is a huge laundry list, so I will be reading it. First, we've got ADHD, ALS, Alzheimer's disease, asthma, autism spectrum disorders, autoimmunity, brain damage in general, breast cancer, cardiovascular disease, chemical sensitivities, chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, chronic obstructive airway disease, cryptorchidism, decreased IQ, decreased verbal fluency, dementia and vascular dementia, as it can cause hyper or hypotension, developmental problems, diabetes, dysbiosis, dyslexia, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, fibromyalgia, Guar ALS, Parkinsonism, dementia, Gulf War syndrome, hypospadias, idiopathic environmental intolerances, infertility, a leaky blood-brain barrier, leukemia, liver cancer, lung cancer, meningitis, multiple sclerosis, multiple system atrophy, nerve damage, obesity, ovarian dysgenesis syndrome, Parkinson's disease, poor semen quality, progressive supranuclear palsy, retardation, schizophrenia, sensitivity-related illnesses, sick bilging syndrome, systemic exertion intolerance disease, reproductive cancers, testicular dysgenesis syndrome, and violence, just to name a few. Now, all these have sources and are backed up on the blog. Check it out at mybiohack.com. Now let's talk a little bit, what can make bioaccumulation worse? We've already got all these toxins, but what could be going on that could make it all worse? So you could have a disrupted blood brain barrier and that can happen from a stroke, a traumatic brain injury, from mycotoxin exposure. For me, it was mycotoxin exposure plus a concussion. Other things include our mitochondrial dysfunction, repeated oxidative stress, proteopathies, so the misfold of proteins in the body. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa. Now, a big problem with a lot of these biotoxins is that they are lipophilic, which means that they really like to pass through and are soluble with fat. So they can easily pass through the cell membrane and get into your cell. Woo, instant drug delivery there. Now, this may all be a little overwhelming. So I wanna give you some ways that we can prevent biotoxin accumulation. The overall point here is just to avoid as many toxins in general, but that's kind of hard in everyday's lifestyle. Viruses, for example, like herpes, can get stuck in the central nervous system and may not go away. So preventing it in general is the best option to do. Now we know for most toxins, the dose is the poison. Hey, just like food, the dose is the poison. You can eat too many potatoes and die. You can drink too much water and die. With everything, the dose is the poison. So apart from metals accumulating in the body, don't make a dose zinc. And there's some things that we wanna stay away from immediately, which we know cause lots of harm, such as mycotoxins, mercury, bioactive pharmaceuticals, bacteria, infections and so it's critical to remove those or stay away from them to be healthy now there's other things that have longer half-lives that build up over generations and their half-lives can be months years or even decades so what can we do well we could live outside that would significantly reduce many of the VOCs mycotoxins if you have to be indoors then might as well get a good HEPA filter there are some ozone and hydroxyl producing machines on the market which can create even smaller particles, nanoparticles, which we don't have enough studies to know their biological effects on humans. So again, go outside, stay outside as much as possible. If you want to know what your air quality is like, at least in the US, go to airnow.gov. <laughs> the 
bigger problem is with all these repeated exposures with the improper ability to detox them. So if you have problems with PON1 genes, APOE genes, NERF2 genes, DJ1 genes, you may have a problem with getting rid of some of these biopollutants. What can we do right now to counteract or detox some of these? There are supplements like alpha lipoic acid. You can do caloric restriction, although intermittent fasting has shown to increase some Parkinson's disease symptoms from pesticide exposure. So that's a double-edged sword there. You combine it with cholestyramine or DMSA. Always eat better fats. Stay away from a high copper diet. Nerf 2 activation is never a bad thing. So eating sulforaphane or any of the list that is on the Nerf 2 post. Just Google Nerf 2 and Sirs, you'll find it. Sweating is a great way to detox. So you can do something like sauna. Heavy exercise, especially in a humid place, will help you pull out that sweat. Sodium benzoate, which is found in cinnamon. Pouring is amazing. And lastly, you can take zinc if you do eat a higher copper diet. Thanks guys for watching. And if you're not a part of my biohacks community yet, click subscribe and head over to our Facebook group to get involved. Thanks guys and stay beautiful.